0: Q&A cuties, welcome back to the Q&A podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Kevin. And I'm Mel. And on today's episode, we will be talking about religion and how it was for both of us to experience what it was like growing up uh, Catholic as queer individuals. So Mel, did you want to get us started?
1: Yeah, for sure. So as you said, I grew up Catholic, uh, Roman Catholic sector. I don't know, like all the different categories, but yeah, Roman Catholic. And yeah, i was raised Catholic since I was out the womb, you know, blessed. Sac <laughs> all the sacraments. is there a birth sacrament? Or is the first one first communion? I think first I'm many. not sure. Okay, cool. Well yeah, so I don't know. What is it? Baptism. Baptism. Oh my god. <laughs> wow, what a <laughs> What a great (laughs) beginning.
0: (laughs) You just agreed with me, though.
1: (laughs) What's the birth sacrament? You know, I don't know. Anyway, so baptism, that's what it's called. And yeah, so I got my first communion at around seven, seven seven-ish, and then confirmed up until now. And yeah, that was, that's like basically my rundown with religion. What about you?
0: Um, well, were you baptized like as a baby or how young?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You don't, do you even remember it?
1: I don't. (laughs) I think it was like a month. I'm just kidding.
0: For me, I think so. I was baptized at like, it was weird because my sister and brother were both baptized as babies and we'd have like these pictures of them. But Uh for me, I was like a grown child so i was like 5 years old and they were just holding me up <laughs> it's just like submerged so it, yeah i also grew up in a um roman catholic family and baptized around age 5 um and attended a actually private catholic education my whole life essentially until college so yeah um it's a big part of my life whether I like it or not, <laughs> um, yeah,
1: yeah. I personally know only a few folks that were baptized after you know they've grown into a child. But yeah, it's super interesting. I don't. I was there. Like a reason why? Uh, they decided to do it later.
0: I honestly don't know, cause like with after two children. You kind of expect them to just you know as a baby but maybe they just didn't have time
1: <laughs> they were busy they had an appointment they, they had yeah. Know, yeah
0: they couldn't get an appointment until a little <laughs> couple of years later
1: yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like tai um, fung
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah the church was booked um but i don't know i i guess i never really asked how how was it growing up i guess like going through that process of first baptism and then like going to First Communion and all the other, you know, sacraments and how was that for you?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked because I feel like I've gone through so much with the sacraments throughout my life. Uh, my One of my first, I guess, more memorable ones was First Communion. And I don't know if it works like this for most young Catholics. but. My first communion in order to receive the sacrament we had to get tested on prayers on general processes within the church and just our knowledge of the bible kind of it wasn't like too in depth but the prayers i would say were the were the hardest ones for me at least we basically had to recite you know, all the core prayers that they wanted us to know at that age. And, yeah, I remember not being able to remember them at the time when I had to take the test. And the proctor was also kind of the sacrament program director for the whole church. And I remember, you know, failing, essentially. She was saying that, I didn't know the prayers to her, like up to her standard, because I would stutter or maybe I would mess up a line or two. And she was like, Listen, I'm going to fail you. We'll give you like a month to, you know, try again. And yeah, good luck. Um, Hopefully you get it next time. And I remember it being. Pretty shocking to me because as a kid, I grew up, you know, within the school system, I was, I felt like I was doing well, right? And, you know, teachers would tell me I'm doing well. And I thought I was a good student, but in the realm of church, I wasn't. And so it's like super crazy. And I think there is this kind of whole, like, you know, Tiger parents within the Asian community But that intersection of tiger parents who also want you to do well in church, because that's like a whole another realm, right? It's like there's you have tiger parents that want you to know like basic or not basic, but general education things. But then there's also that same parent that wants you to know all of this theology and prayers and whatnot. And yeah, that was I, I remember something I had to deal with at 7 what about you for first communion how was your experience
0: it's hard to say um cuz i break down my like catholicism into grades because that's how i remember it so like i remember when we were in school it was like okay in second grade you get first communion and then like later on you get confirmation in like 7th 8th grade um so i just remember like in second grade people were like oh like this is the year you're getting First Communion. Um, the way you had tests and, like, lessons about this, it was, like, because obviously we had to take religion classes at a Catholic school. And so I guess that was considered, you know, those tests, which I never thought about because that was just a class to me. But it was just part of the curriculum. Um, it was, I mean, yeah, there, there wasn't nothing, anything super extravagant about it everything really throughout each sacrament, um just felt very it felt like a process you know um it's something you just had to do it's like when you're applying to college like oh you have to take the sat you know it's just something that's part of the as you go through k-12 through 12 for me um There was never, when you're talking about, you know, like, oh, this, this proctor might fail me or might not let me move forward. I don't know how that would apply. Like if someone, if a student was, let's say, failing their religion exams or failing their religion tests, not knowing their prayers or anything. I, cause I've never, I've never run into someone like that. So I don't know how that would apply in my experience, if I was the one that, you know, didn't know the Hail Mary or the Our Father, like by heart, how would they apply that? Or how would they address that, especially at a Catholic school? And would they let you move forward with the um, sacraments? I don't know. I don't know about that one, but.
1: Yeah, so at your school, you say it was a little bit more integrated within the curriculum to know prayers, right? Is that?
0: Or... I guess, I guess maybe that's why it felt it never happened in my experience because, you know, every morning we would say a different prayer. So it'd be like, oh, like we're going to start with our father or like the Hail Mary or, um, just anything. And like before every meal, we would always say, you know, the, uh, pr- the blessing for the food. Um, and we, we would just like I guess it was like really integrated on everything so it almost felt natural for everyone to move forward with each sacrament yeah yeah so
1: would you say there was more trust in those students probably That they would know just passively
0: I think yeah because it's just something that you learn along the way and because it's so Mm -hmm. repetitive you just go along with it and it's mm-hmm. just you know the teachers are also almost everyone if not everyone was also catholic there as well so you know they they kind of make sure you're along this path that you know your stuff and know mm-hmm. what the religion is about
1: yeah i can literally tell you what prayers i needed to know and l- let me know like tell me right now if you needed to know these so there were the forgive me for all my sins, for I, I have sinned against you and I should love you above all. Did you have to know that one?
0: That one? Okay, but that was for like, um, what's that when you go to like? confession, the confession. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just like... <laughs> <The>
1: one, <laughs> um, You know, that, that one. What is that one? Yeah. Where you tell the priest all your secrets except that you're queer because if you told him he would literally excommunicate you, yeah, that one.
0: like no prayer will help you with that (laughs) yeah like yeah no i yeah i remember like they would always tell us like before you sit down or before you go in remember you have to say forgive me father for i have sinned and then you'd say it has been blank years or months since my last confession at least that's how we did it and like you would just say you would tell them and sometimes they would question you like well how why why was your confession or last confession six months ago <laughs> and you just kind yeah. of sit there and you're
1: like uh listen you know I got fifth grade to do you know we so got a natural. lot of tests going on exactly yeah yeah but I yeah. got you know my friends to talk to and whatnot <laughs> it's that oh like that no you reminded me because you know before I guess we started recording this episode. I had some sacraments to, kind of, de- I definitely wanted to bring them up, but confession was not one that I I remembered. And honestly, I think it's because I suppressed it. Like it, it was such a crazy experience for me, especially my first one because I, it was the first time that I would be kind of having a one-on-one with an adult I don't know and it's a person that apparently can help me you know determine my afterlife you know kind of casual things that a fifth grader you know would go through oh you're gonna go talk to this ordained like spiritual guide and you tell him all your secrets and then he'll be the judge if you know you go to heaven or not oh, cool, thanks. And then I got math homework after that. Like, yeah, casual, (laughs) casual childhood. Um. Anyway, so my first time, I remember in the back of my head, because, you know, personally, I knew that I was forever, forever. And so I remember going in and I was like, do I say it? Like, should I? And it was terrifying because I was like, I mean, God already knows, you know? So, like, do I need to say it? But then I'm like, is it bad if I don't? You know? I I, I came in with such a dilemma already, kind of. Uh, and obviously I didn't. You know, when I when I did have my first one, I was like, I'm not going to do it. I don't think this is the right time. I'm literally small.
0: So I guess based on... Like, all this confession. And at the time, when you were at that age, did you know or were you aware of, like, conversion therapy and what that was?
1: I probably heard stories of folks going through that. Especially, I mean, I'm not old, but, like, I definitely, like, heard about it as a kid when it was still a topic people because definitely in this year you know this year people do not talk about it and if they do it's like a taboo right like Mm -hmm. we don't do that anymore but i remember as a kid i would hear about it and i was like that can't be real like that does not work i don't think that would ever work and personally i never saw myself being fixable through that method you know fixable Mm -hmm. um Because I thought it was a problem as a kid, right? So, yeah. Going into that confession, I wasn't scared that they would, like, refer me to, like, conversion. Because I don't even know if my church offered that, if anything. But, yeah. That wasn't a fear of mine. What about you? Did you hear about it? So, I was trying
0: to think of... I guess, like applying your experience and like how it compared to mine, did you, were you familiar and like, did you regularly converse with the priests that you would see at confession? Like, cause you would go to mass, right? And so like, that was that priest. Okay. Yeah. It is
1: the mass priest. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I was trying to think, cause for us, like my home church was also obviously like my school and the priest would just regularly walk around the campus and like we would see them so it didn't feel weird in that they were like a stranger i guess but it felt weird going into that confession because then it's like you have to see them later on and i know like you're not obviously they're not supposed to say anything regarding because it's like a confidential confession but it felt scary to like tell them like you said your secrets and then like later on you just see them like oh hey and like yeah i just i just told you you know my deepest darkest secrets but how's your day you know the next day or something like that yeah um, yeah i actually never had the experience or fear of confessing certain things about who i was because i didn't really feel i don't know if it's not the way i remember it but at least I don't recall having or feeling the need to say that as a confession. Um, And maybe that's just me telling myself that, but that never came to my mind um, at least early on. Maybe it did down the line. And then the idea, I was definitely aware of like conversion therapy, but it never occurred to me either of that might be something that, they would refer me to, because I don't know where that happens. I don't know if it happens, you know, at the church, like in our county, stuff like that. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't something that really occurred to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's super interesting. And I do believe that I have this feeling in my head that, or this idea in my head that churches all offer it. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just my paranoia. But, I mean, they like say that the back, it's not. You know? Yeah, like, it's in the back. You know, right next to the bathroom. That creepy hallway. <gasps> there's like,
0: always a creepy dark alley. There's always like, a
1: creepy hallway.
0: In the bathroom in the back of the church. It's yeah. dark. That's cold. where it happens. Yeah. yeah probably.
1: Ele- there's an electric chair and everything. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so... That What you just mentioned about seeing your priest around school made me want to, I guess, explore that experience of having your priest to walk around school, seeing your friends, knowing your friends, and who you hang out with. And then me, me personally, when I grew up, I always had this kind of assumption that my teachers and my parents talk. Like obviously, most of the time, and obviously, you know, growing up, I'm learning that parents and teachers only talk during parent-teacher conferences. But in my head, I always just kind of had this thing where teachers will call my parents if they have anything to say about me. Like, there's just this relationship. And it definitely stems from my own paranoia that I grew up with and, like, having, like, high levels of anxiety. But I wonder how that affects you as a student where not only are your, you know, there's a chance that your teachers and your parents kind of talk and they do have that chance to talk at parent-teacher conferences, but also a priest and your parents having that same relationship and then the church at large and your parents having that relationship. Because I assume your parents put you, you know, in a Catholic school to make sure you grow up Catholic. So, you know, do you think there was a kind of communication that they had between each other? I
0: I never thought of that. And I don't know if it's because the way my parents are with either like Mm -hmm. teachers or priests, because they are very reserved compared to other parents, I would say. Mm -hmm. But also I feel like there was still this trust I had with the priest even though, you know, there's still that fear, but I feel like there was still an established trust with them, knowing that it's also on their conscience that, you know, they're not supposed to say anything. So if I, if they did, that's also on them. Um, so I, there was always never that fear that they might say something to my parents, but I also feel like during confession, I would either tone things down, or mm-hmm. just not say it at all. Because mm-hmm. there is that fear of being judged. So there's Yeah. yeah. And Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: It's crazy. I mean, on that note of toning things down during confession, I definitely remember saying, So there's this crush that I have. <laughs> uh that I have maybe, you know, impure thoughts about, you know. But we don't need to talk about what they look like, or you know, what their gender is and whatnot. But yeah, it, I definitely had to filter what I said, and again, just another instance of these young kids literally having to censor themselves, and not only that, but they're we're put into these situations where we need to kind of think and then overthink about what we're saying when it didn't need to happen. Like, why? Why are we there having to confess? And I get it. It's a sacrament. And it, in fact, can help people. But I think there is, you know, if there's a need for it, then then it will be necessary. But as a kid, when I was figuring myself out, just trying to get through school and trying to make friends I don't think I I personally needed that time to confess my sins because I you know didn't even know what was wrong and what was right still, so, so why who am I to be like oh listen I was a bad person last week like huh I'm a kid leave me alone like what
0: but yeah Did you ever feel, though, that, like, confession after they'd be like, oh, go say, like, ten Hail Marys and two Our Fathers and stuff like that? Oh, great. Like, (laughs)
1: Like, thank you. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Evan, here I come. You know, open up the gates. I'm ready. Like, what? But It's
0: done? Did it ever feel like a weight was lifted off your shoulders? Or did you ever feel like it helped, like, afterwards?
1: Okay. So, I love this question because... The answer is a hard no. I felt like even more stressed out because growing up, you know, and this was like a personal thing, like I never confided in anyone. I only had myself because I knew that I was different from the beginning. And so when I was put in the situation to be forced to confide in someone, which was the priest, I didn't feel... Like it was a safe space. And so I left feeling like, bruh, someone knows my secrets. Like, even though it wasn't my main, you know, my big, my big secret, like, I still felt like, oh gosh, like, did I say too much? You know, or like, is he, you know, is he going to tell my parents? Because he knows the program director and the program director knows my parents. Like, gosh, now I'm screwed. So it just, never left me feeling relieved. And I think I got to a certain point later on when I, you know, explored my own ways of having a religion that it doesn't need to involve all these specific people that we were told it needs to involve. And that's when I learned that like, my religion is my religion. My relationship with God is my own relationship and yeah that helped me give get more relief but for you were you relieved after letting out you know
0: um from what i remember yes and i don't know if it's because of like the things i would say like oh i stole a pencil you know (laughs) versus you know bigger things um or like, oh, I was <laughs> mean to my sister, stuff like I that. I
1: borrowed my classmate's eraser and I didn't give it
0: <laughs> and back. And I didn't return yeah, it.
1: I kept it. It's it was still cute. with was, me right it now. It was a smelly one, the grape one. <laughs> I never gave it back. It
0: just smelled so good.
1: I promise I'll give it back tomorrow. I promise. <laughs>
0: no yeah but yeah stuff like i feel like that's the stuff i would say and it was never like the heavy i mean maybe compared to you like the heavy Mm -hmm. deeper stuff that you felt the need to say so Mm -hmm. maybe that's why i felt a sense of relief like like now i've learned and Mm -hmm. like i can be nicer to my sister maybe i'll return the eraser (laughs) stuff like that yeah yeah
1: yeah okay no, I totally get what you mean because there there were, you know, a lot of those kind of, in my opinion, like fluff kind of sins that I, I would use to fill the time. But, well, I mean, this also goes into the timeline of my sacraments where I was like in middle school, I think for my first, or no, it had to be in elementary, I guess late elementary, but... I felt like, you know, these people, you know, the the CCD teachers, the program director, they're all telling me, this is your chance to tell the priest anything you need to tell him so that you can get into heaven. And obviously me growing up as like a devout Catholic, I didn't take that lightly. And so I would I would say the fluff things, but I'm also like, there were also times during the confession where, where the priest was like, is that all of it? And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. And I'll say, you know, like, oh, you got me. Like, I, you know, he just i knows. got in a fight with my sister. Like, <laughs> you got me down. Is it obvious? Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I felt like there was this pressure that I needed to break down my barriers that were obviously there in place for my own self you know self defense and it felt you know invasive that's mm-hmm. definitely, and that's how I still view a lot of things in in the institution yeah. invasive
0: i't like, know yeah, I think that that word can describe a lot at least how I felt as well because mm-hmm. it almost felt forced, I guess because you know it's like so our confessions would happen during school like school hours and we would just like go to the church and have confessions so it it was like you can't just say no um but yeah i guess that because you brought up the idea of like how the relationship you have with, with religion now is a different perspective and also like i guess moving on with onto confirmation and everything with that. Cause I always consider now looking back that confirmation is, it occurs at such a young age, at least for those in a Catholic uh, private Catholic education, because it follows this timeline and it's like junior high, seventh, eighth grade, when you're what, ages 10 to 12, 11, 12. Do you feel (laughs) like that, is the right and appropriate age? Like, did you, at that age, did you feel that you were ready to say yes to Catholicism?
1: No, not at all. (laughs) I was literally small. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was such a crazy, and I think the sheer fact that I didn't understand what this whole confirmation process was until I was confirmed, speaks to how unready i was because i was doing the whole process because my parents told me oh you know you're a sophomore in high school now you need to get confirmed and i'm like oh great you know another sacrament haven't done one of those in about like 10 years right so sure you know and i'm in high school thinking about college already so i'm like okay fine i'll just get this thing done and over with uh I I mean, okay, that's not totally true because I was kind of involved with the church and I was down to get it at the time, but that doesn't diminish the fact that it was still such a young age at which to ask someone, do you want to devote the rest of your life to this religion? And I didn't understand that that's what the sacrament was until way later, like after the thing And I think my first kind of indicator that, you know, this is a very serious sacrament, this is something you should really sit on and think about, was when the program director, same director that failed me the first time for First Communion, kind of a similar process for confirmation, you know, prayer tests, but also with the added requirements of going to, like, retreats and whatnot, and a few years of, like, experience within youth group and stuff were a few of the requirements. She told me, she was she was saying that she didn't think I was ready at the time. Not because the prayers, because I had that shit locked, you know? I remember 10 years ago, fuck, like, I failed the prayer test, so I'm going to make sure I, you know, I do well the first time I did that. But she goes... You know, I I've known you for for a, a a quite some time now. I've known you since you were a kid. I just want to make sure that you're ready for this sacrament because it it is basically you agreeing to follow God for the rest of your life. And I was like, "Whoa. <laughs> like, whoa, this is not what my parents described. They said <laughs> when they were in high school, you know, they just took, you know, did a few prayers, talk to the bishop, you know, in the Philippines, and then they're done. Like they're, you know, they're an official Catholic recognized by the religion and whatnot. And yeah, I was, I was stopped in my tracks. Literally, I was second guessing everything, wondering, oh damn, like this is like an adult thing, and I'm still small, and I don't know. I, I, I honestly at that point I I understood her second guessing because obviously, you know, me knowing for so long and me assuming that she knew, you know, that was me second guessing was assuming that she knew I was so it was just me submitting and being like, damn, do I just become straight? Or do I just become more straight passing? What do I do so that I can get this sacrament so that no one, you know, suspects me of anything or, and whatnot. And then it made me question my own relationship with God. I'm like, do I want to do this? Is it worth it? And yeah, so definitely sophomore year. That's when I had to do it way too young way too young, still figuring myself out. So what about you? How old were you?
0: I, yeah, so I was actually younger. I, at least I think, um, I remember it being in seventh and eighth grade and that, I never had that experience of, you know, that person saying, cause we did have like teachers and we get split off into groups, but there was never that occurrence of someone saying, you might not be ready or question us are you ready for this because it was more of like you know you've already had six seven years of catholic education and it the the whole thing there were other students also from like other schools including like public schools and um, in the area so it wasn't just students from my school but because they're Part of this and part of the church, they still had that assumption of, you know, they're ready for this. We just have to go through these lessons and complete like prayers and like scripture readings and stuff like that. So I definitely do think it was a very young age though. Obviously, like you said at the time, I wasn't aware either of what confirmation truly was. It was more of, this is just another sacrament that were fulfilling through the process. Um, Yeah, I, I, it wasn't, it was nothing really I was aware of, but I mean, I'm trying to think of like, at what age do you think it's proper to go forward with confirmation? Because I always think about in college, a lot of the people and friends that I had from Catholic school almost fell off of religion and didn't have that as a part of their life so is it just the the catholic church knowing that and they want to have confirmation at an early age where children just aren't super aware of you know what else is out there what other religions may exist and also what else they might be exposed to and they try to get them early on which sounds messed up but yeah i don't know what age Is appropriate after that.
1: Yeah, no, that is such a good question because one thing that I would always notice was when I was in high school and I would do youth group and I also did the worship team and whatnot. So as an observer of parishioners, right? I'm looking at all these people in the church, all the people who come in who are new, all of my friends who came in with me as kids and I always noticed that the new parishioners that were at least 20 maybe 30 40s the ones that converted into Catholicism later on were the strongest most outspoken ones and they're they're visibly more passionate mm-hmm. because they found it later on right and that goes into the whole you know psychology of when you're forced to do something, you later on find freedom and defer from it. Right. Whereas these folks are deferring from something else and found freedom in Catholicism. And at that point, it makes more sense to just try to find convert, like convert con converts, like try to find those folks who are converting from a non-Catholic background because chances are they're going to feel more passionate about it because they found it in adulthood when they needed it. Whereas, I'm not saying that kids don't need religion, but, I I mean, this is a far reach, but I'm pretty sure religion was made by adults. Like, no kid came out the womb and was like, okay, time, you know, to pray.
0: Praise God. Like, it,
1: it was created by adults because you know it was a way to make sense of the world that's the idea of religion and the fact that we're not giving kids the chance to find religion on their own and find the necessity for it because it's not a necessity if you're forced into it it's not a necessity all you need are your fruit snacks and your capri suns as a kid right that's all i needed you know but yeah so that just again causes that whole what's the opposite of like attraction like you know
0: <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> like repel- whatever that repulsion?
0: is I don't, repulsion i don't know the...
1: yes repulsion <laughs> No, okay, repulsion is pretty harsh, but (laughs) but, yeah, that that kind of desire to leave is more common, I feel like, when you're forced to do it as a kid. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, did you notice that? Like, you know, you went to church, you saw parishioners of all ages. Did you ever see those folks who were getting confirmed or getting baptized as adults? Like, did you see those folks?
0: There were students, um, and I always thought this was cool where I forgot what the process is called, but you would get the three sacraments at once. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, mm-hmm. cause if they're converting to Catholicism, um, in like fifth or sixth grade, you would have your baptism, your first communion and confirmation all at the same time. And I always thought that was a cool process. I was like, how come you know, I had to go second grade and then I guess like another, you have to go through all these years of these sacraments. And then I feel like that sounds very selfish and I don't mean it in that way, but as a kid, you're kind of like, like this person just had three sacraments in a couple months. And then like, I would question how come I can't get confirmed right now. Um, But there were, I mean, I don't know how that affects their devotion to the religion, if it is stronger or not as strong, Um, having all three at once, like, because you are older, but yeah, I, I don't really notice. I do notice, though, that a lot of the people I'm still in contact with, like the friends that I know, don't, yeah, don't really, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but, you know, we don't go to mass as often, especially after, like, like after COVID, I have not gone to mass because of, you know, safety issues. And then it just kind of fell out, but I don't know a lot of people who still go to mass or I don't have friends that, you know, practice religion, go to practice the sacraments, go to confession and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because you're kind of, especially being like you said, I think of you're being freed after going and after high school a lot of us were just we were stuck in this bubble of catholicism and the rules and the scripture so afterwards the whole like stereotype of like private catholic kids are crazy (laughs) um because you're you're kind of like just let go and don't have it's as if someone's watching you anymore. you don't have mm-hmm. someone to judge you so afterwards you go to college and you kind of just get to do what you want i guess yeah. so when you aren't being watched or after you're not in high school anymore and you're, you go to a, a college that is a secular like university you get to experience unhinged behavior and be a part of it and That's, I mean, that makes sense because then all of a sudden you realize that what you grew up doing wasn't completely normal and you just wanted to explore and, you know, do what you want to do and have fun. Um, Yeah. I don't know any other, how much, how, how many other details, but like, do you personally know individuals who I guess grew up in a Catholic education and then completely switched I guess, from your perspective,
1: oh, um, I just know a few folks. I mean, I've told you, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna go into specifics, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, docs fully docs them, um, no, but it's just in general, the people who I have who I have come across that have gone through Catholic education and then eventually left, and not only left, but also explored literally every other thing that they couldn't explore in high school. It's, it, there's a trend and it hasn't failed me yet. You know, it, there's, I have a theory and it hasn't been proven wrong so far. You know, you, first of all, um, you know, on the crazier spectrum of, you know, folks that I know. <laughs> or on the crazier side of the spectrum. Yeah, you know, raves, mm-hmm. events, concerts, parties, you name it. What kind of was your, I guess we could get into more I, more recent times, mm-hmm. but what was your kind of moment of realization that, whoa, I'm not in Catholic school anymore, you know, let me live my life. What, what was that for you and what was it like?
0: I, I feel like some of that behavior and perspective changed definitely in high school, but it wasn't fully realized until college, especially like what freshman, sophomore year, you're completely exposed, especially not only leaving the bubble of, you know, Catholic education, but Orange County itself, moving to, you know, San Diego and seeing a completely different culture um and almost demographic at university so it's it's like a whole new experience and a lot of different of other people's experiences and learning from that and so that's when i was like this is the world Like this is like what, what is real? Not you know what I grew up learning. This
1: you left the simulation, like you (laughs) broke out of it. You got to the edge of the domain, and you're like, holy fuck! What is where am I?
0: This is yeah, I made it. Yeah, yeah, are done. It's just it's a whole new world and experience, Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that you know I got to actually leave and kind of experience that because it definitely plays into who you grow into as an individual, the, the opinions you have, the perspectives you have, the behaviors you you um, present and everything like that. Yeah, I, I it was, and I mean this applies to even some of my friends that I know today and you know it's just weird to see How different people are in high school to now, just from a year or two outside of that bubble, because you get to actually see what their personality was meant to be. Yes. So,
1: for sure. I totally agree with that. I, you know, I didn't go to Catholic school, but I grew up Catholic, and going to college, not only liberal liberalized me socially and intellectually but also spiritually 100 percent, i felt more in tune with who i was when i Mm -hmm. left and i think that probably isn't an exclusive experience to folks with religion but i think you know obviously leaving home going to college it's going to liberalize you in every way hopefully it does because you know hope if you carried whatever mentality you had from before moving out and before going to college into college that I don't think you, I don't think college did its job then. I don't think it was worth it because I think the, the value of being able to experience that and not only learning real stuff like, you know, Whatever you're studying in college, but also learning life outside of your own bubble is crazy, and it's super valuable. I do want to kind of rein in on and kind of kind contextualize things within our own Asian experiences as well with this kind of idea of moving out and experiencing new things because not only were we queer Catholics, but also queer Asian Catholics, right? And they're, like I said earlier, the whole tiger parent idea, there's like Asian parents is the stereotype that they are harder academically. But I think there's something to be said about being Asian, and Catholic, that kind of doubles down on the, the, the kid on the child. I feel like there's not only do you have to be good at school, good at, you know, good at making friends and good to your teachers, but also be good to your priest, have all these sacraments, study prayers and all of that, you know, layers of discipline, right? And then breaking out into the real world and going crazy. So do you think there is something about Asian I guess religion folks that can create the higher potential of going, you know, popping off in college and branching out?
0: Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I mean, even you brought it up, you know, the idea of raves. And I mean, we're, we'll go into that. Oh,
1: no. Into that a, it's yeah. like, I think exhibit A out of a thousand exhibits mm-hmm. where it's these Asian Christians that I meet at raves. And I'm like, yo, you went to that retreat, too? Like, I was there <laughs> the same year. Literally, you were there when that happened. I met someone at an event, literally. And they went to the same retreats as me. And... If you asked me at that retreat that I went in that year, oh, are you ever going to go to raves? Are you ever going to drink? I'd be like, no, I would never. Like, what is that? And then here we were at that event. And we're we're like, yeah, like, that. Was, it's crazy. Crazy 180, right?
0: Yeah. And it's the yeah. whole, it, it applies the same way because growing up Asian, you have... You're being watched you have yes like almost big brother watching you obviously same thing tiger mom and mm-hmm. it's once you kind of get to experience you know living on your own and doing your own thing you don't have to worry about that anymore
1: yeah i want to just yeah reiterate the idea that there's multiple levels of kind of, as you said, being watched, not only on the Asian academic level, but also on the Catholic Christian level, and then also on the don't be gay level, you know, it's like, whoa, like, and then once you leave and you get that chance to not be watched, not get asked where you are, not, you know, just all those things that would happen when you still lived in your parents' home. Crazy. Me personally, I like, I definitely let loose in the like first few years. And then, and then I got tired, you know, my old joints can't handle going to all these festivals. Uh, I say that, but like, yeah, <laughs> but like, I'm still going go. uh, And, yeah, no it it's it was so interesting. I definitely internalized that moment when I when I found a friend that went to the same fe- uh Richie as me, and we saw each other at that event. Like the odds, the mm-hmm. odds of me, especially running know.
0: into each other, you know.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, there's definitely. pipeline of oh you went to this big catholic retreat yeah yeah you'll be at you'll be at beyond wonderland in a few years for sure yeah and then I guess this will be more of a rave topic thing but there is something spiritual about raves and I think there's a connection that can be made between the spiritual vibes you get from like a church and also at an event it's not the same, obviously. It's, it's it's different, but the sense of community and the sense of awe of like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like I can feel the energy of mm-hmm. everyone here. Same thing in a church. Yeah. Same thing because we're all doing the same stuff. It's like, it's it's a form of community because you're there spiritual.
0: for a reason. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 And, you know, like the different stages. Like you went to see that artist, so everyone yes. there is there to. For uh, the same reason.
1: Same reason.
0: So, same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. I personally do worship some EDM art. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. I I have a few playlists with like Hillsong, right? Hillsong United and then remixes, the remixes, you know? But the EDM remix, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, wow. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I guess going to end, kind of like wrap things up Mm -hmm. for like religion growing up and how that played a role in who you are now, how you kind of touched on it earlier, but how do you feel it is relevant in your life now or how it has changed?
1: For sure. I will keep it short and sweet because in my, in my head. My relationship with God is not short and sweet, but it is easy to simplify now because I've matured enough to simplify it for myself. And it is that my own relationship with God is not affected, like I said before, by any other person or any institution because I'm grateful, you know, although it caused me so much stress that a young kid should never you know, have had to deal with. I am grateful that it introduced me to having that opportunity to have a relationship with God. And that's what I stuck with now. I, you know, I don't go to physical church as often, but I want to say that my relationship with God is strong, if not stronger because I'm not forced, you know, to to have this relationship and yeah yeah that that's how i would describe
0: i yeah i completely agree the same the same way because we frame it in a way that we want that relationship to be and that perspective of you know this is what i want and need at this moment and i can't say that my relationship at this time is as strong as it was before just because it was like really really strong going up just because of how like you know the education i received but i am slowly trying to work on it and reframe it in that way that works for me mm-hmm. um
1: i would like to ask you though why do you see your past relationship as stronger? Because what defines a strong relationship for you?
0: That is very true. Um, I think it's just maybe perspective again of, I was so involved of like, because we had the campus ministry club. I volunteered, I did vacation Bible school. And that relationship was different because You know, obviously the lessons we've learned to this point now, but I feel like I wasn't, I still just barely started practicing like my religion and doing prayers again, I guess. Um, And it doesn't feel like I'm at the place where I was before, even though I was a different person then. And I kind of want that established relationship from the past but with this new mindset, if that makes sense. Um, for sure. And I agree, though, about, like, sorry, what you, like, what you said of, like, going to Mass. I haven't been to Mass in a long time, uh, but I do feel comfortable going back and would feel comfortable going back now, um, walking in with this new mindset. Mm-hmm.
1: So you would say that for yourself, that stronger you know, a stronger relationship with a higher power is reinforced by those routines and those, you know, keeping up knowledge about, you know, the Bible, sacraments, all of that. Would you say it's reinforced? Because you say that...
0: It, yeah. It, it depends on the person. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think, like, I have to sit down and, like, read the Bible and read scripture yeah. to reinforce yeah. that relationship. For me, it's just having those prayers and conversations on a regular basis for me is like, that's what reinforces it almost Mm -hmm. like, like when we have conversations, you know, like every time we converse and like have just like, talk to each other, you kind of establish more connections and more of a relationship. So to me, praying is what reinforces. And I haven't been doing that as often as I think I could be. Um, And it just depends on where I am in life and what I want from my relationship, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that is literally the key point, I think, I would like to emphasize is that it is up to you, Mm -hmm. like point blank period, it is up to you. That's how I would like to view the idea of religion and your relationship with a higher power is that it is up to you, whatever works for you works for you and yeah i think institutionalized religion is a thing that can exist separately from your own religion mm-hmm. and your own way of seeing a higher
0: power and whatnot yeah yeah i i guess before we give our ending remarks um i think i just want to say that You know, anything that we brought up, I am super grateful for, you know, the Catholic education I received and everything that I learned growing up, albeit, you know, all of the things that may have caused trauma, may have caused all of, you know, questioning and everything like that. Um, But everyone that I've encountered, I feel like still plays a role in who I became today and who I am today, regardless of what happened. You know, Catholicism did set a foundation for me to later understand down the line, all of the things I've learned, if that makes sense. That's how I feel and view my upbringing. Um, and I don't, I guess, have regrets about it or hate anyone or anything because of it. Yeah.
1: I totally agree, yeah. I- as well, don't regret anything, don't hate anyone. It made me stronger. It made me smarter about who I confide in and who I can see as a safe space for myself. And in the end, out of all of my, I guess, Catholic education in my youth, it allowed me to experience that side and learn what I wanted to take away from it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, you know, and what I did get, take away from it was uh, several ways of coping, talking to God, praying, all of that. And that's what I feel like I need, you know, at the moment. And if I do end up feeling like I would like to return, you know, then so be it. Mm -hmm. so yeah i think super subjective like what you what you want and what you need is up
0: to you for sure yeah so at this point in the podcast we typically have our q a session where we would address any questions comments concerns or suggestions that you might want us to talk about in the podcast uh you can submit any of these um submissions either through the link in our bio or at bit.ly slash the QA subs. So be sure to submit anything that you'd like us to talk about. Um, and we'll just choose a select few for each episode and then get back to you.
1: Yeah. Literally ask us anything. Like we will answer it except our home addresses and social secu- <laughs> social securities. But besides that, ask away. Yeah, 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 yeah. We love questions. It do be the Q&A. So. Mm-hmm. But on that note, thank you all for listening. We hope you had a blast listening to us. And we will hopefully be back soon. Hopefully, we see you there. And yeah. Thank y'all. Thanks, Bye, QNACU. So Bye.
0: Bye.